the Ultimate OD Podcast. Another great episode for you. Today is all about action. I have five small things you can do that can have a big impact on your patient's vision. A little office talk. Closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. The Ultimate OD Podcast. Another week, uh, we're going at it, my friends, just talking optometry. Before I get started, I just want to give a shout out to all our faithful listeners. The podcast uh, is blowing up. We appreciate that. We have more followers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, You guys are really... uh, starting to give us feedback and we we love it. So from LA, Miami, other countries, I think it's absolutely awesome. This is an amazing profession. It's really awesome to have a community of people that all feel the same way, that are all pursuing the same goals. And what I've learned from doing the podcast is the more we collaborate, the better we are. So a rising tide raises all boats. The more uh, we can communicate with each other through these blogs, forums, whatever we need to do. I think we're all going to be better doctors for it. So thank you for that. Keep sending me emails, anything you need, like what you want to hear. I love to uh, get more feedback and just cater this podcast to what you're looking for. All right. So that being said, this week, we're going to be talking five things that you can do Monday that will make your practice better. All right. The thing that I love about what we try to do here is make actual items that we can all apply. I love review of optometry. I love optometric management. But a lot of the times, they're talking above my pay grade, above my level, just things that I don't see every day. We don't work in referral clinics. We don't work in high disease offices all the time. Sometimes we just have to accept that glasses and contacts and primary care is our bread and butter. Now, we can add specialties. We can add other things to grow and be a little more diverse. But you got to dance with the, the person that brought you here. And sometimes that's just like I said, primary care of the eye. So these five things are very simple and basic, but sometimes they get overlooked in the hustle and bustle of what we're doing. So let me bring those to your attention. Number one. Get as much information as you possibly can before the exam starts. And what do I mean by that? Well, when a patient comes in, they have this weird perception that no matter what they do, you're going to know their prescription. They're going to know what contact lenses they were wearing, and it's just inherently something that we should be able to figure out. And you and I both know we if they don't tell us what they're wearing, we're going to put them in a great lens, but we don't know if it's going to be the same lens that they were in. So make sure they bring their old boxes. If they don't bring their old boxes, have a card made up in your exam room. So I have a card that has a picture of all the like Oasis, Biofinity, Air Optics 9 Day, Air Optics Plus Hydroglide, just every box. And if they think they were Oasis or they didn't bring their box in, I show them that and say, which one are you wearing? 99% of the time they say they're in the Oasis, 99% of the time they're in something different. I know that's a little hyperbole, but you know what I'm saying you got to get the same brand because they like what they're in. Now, I'm not saying you can't switch them to something that's better if they're having complaints, but my experience is if they like what they're in and you make a change, it's not always going to be well-perceived, so be smart, get the information. In the same vein, make sure you're getting all the information you can from the glasses that they bring into the office. I have it so many times where a patient will bring in a pair of glasses, they say, these are my old lenses, the new ones I never liked. 
We do lensometry on both pairs, and lo and behold, they're within a quarter difference between the old and the new, the ones that they love and the ones that they hate. This is awesome for you to know because you're going to do your exam, you're going to do your refraction, and you want to be close to the ones that they have, which is going to be both of them, but you want to talk to them a little more and find out why didn't you like the new ones. And sometimes it's fit, sometimes it's progressive, sometimes they feel like they got sold something that they didn't want, but have that conversation, talk to your patient. The more information you have about what brought them in, what they're doing now, and what their pain points are, the better you're going to be at catering to their needs and solving their problems. So get as much information as you can. All right, the next thing is rhinoscopy. Rhinoscopy can save you so much time for three types of patients. Number one, the elderly or older patients, because if you scope them, you can also see if they have cataracts. You know if you can push, if you need to push the refraction to get a better result, or when to cut bait and dilatherize and see what's going on in the back. It helps you with kids. Kids are poor at refractions at times. They can linger, or they just don't really know what's going on. If you scope their eyes correctly, you're going to be that much more efficient, and you'll know where their prescription should be. And the third one is, when a patient comes in and all they're wearing is contacts and they're happy with where they're at, but they didn't bring their boxes and they didn't bring an old pair of glasses, scope their eyes real quick. You'll get a good result and you'll be more efficient. So elderly kids, people that don't bring the prescriptions in, streamlines what you're doing, helps you get to what's more important. That's why I love retinoscopy. The next thing that I will say, and again, this comes back from school, trial frame, trial frame, trial frame. When I first started back in optometry school, I hated the attendings that would make me trial frame. And part of that was we were doing three hour exams and that was making it about three and a half hours, right? Getting out the clunky trial frame, putting it on the patient, it was just seemed a little ridiculous. So when I trial frame, all I'm really doing is, you know, the eight wall flippers used for accommodative facility. I put the lenses in there. After I refract them, I'll take a look out outside, have them look down all out my window into the uh, parking lot, there's a sign that says retail parking only. They look at that and they tell me if they can see it. Now, the reason I started doing this was my exam lanes are eight to 10 feet, maybe a little bit less, and I was tending to overplus the patient. Now I've adapted for that. I know how to do my refraction and not need to trial frame them. But over the course of doing this, so the thing I found out was that patients like being trial framed. They like seeing their vision outside the phoropter. A comment that I get is, why has no one else ever done this? It's awesome that you do this because I can compare it to my old glasses and see if there's a change. So it's a wow factor, believe it or not. They look at the the case with all the lenses and they're like, oh, that must cost a lot of money. I've never seen one of those. So it's a good conversation point. You and I both know that when we do a, the refraction right, it doesn't take that long. And when we do our slit lamp exam, it again doesn't take that long. One of the pushbacks I got about my office was my exams were too fast. I They didn't feel like they were getting the full examination in there, right? They that I might have been skipping stuff. By doing this, it allows me to talk to them more, build more of a relationship, have a better rapport, and show them a wow factor. Overall, that was that. that's why I like to trial frame. The fourth thing I'll tell you, and this is something that, Again, I've learned over the past 10 years, it's okay to tell a patient that the prescription didn't change or leave it up to them if they want to get a new pair of glasses. Some people come in, they have a half diopter change, they see better, but they're 
they're not in the market for buying new glasses. They wanted to see if it was a huge change and they're just going to just stay with what they have. All right, that's cool. Some people will say there's not a big change. So if unless you want a new frame or new lenses, you don't need new glasses. Like, oh, I, I'm ready for a change. It's awesome if you get that that perspective because the guy that didn't want to change and you tell him he doesn't have to is awesome, cool. He'll be back. He's going to buy from you. He trusts you now. The person that wants a pair of glasses, you tell them you didn't have a big change. Again, it lowers their guard. They reveal their hand. They want to buy glasses. This helps you from a optical standpoint, right? You know they're in here to get glasses. You don't have to walk the line, find out what they like, find out what they want, and then solve their problem. So I love to put that out there. And again, if you're thinking short term and you want to just get the rewards and sell glasses right away, I think that's the wrong way to think. You're building a relationship. You want to see these patients for years to come being transparent and having them be able to trust you and know that you'll tell them if they need a new pair or what you would do in their situation is good. So be totally upfront with the patient. Let them know what the change was. If you think they need to make a move or not, but either way, read their reaction and go the way they want you to go. The last thing I will say is embrace your RX checks. I'll tell you this right now. I used to dread these like, I don't know, like going to the dentist. The dentist is awful, but I used to dread these so much. Okay. They come in or they call and I'd instantly go on the defensive mode. Like, no, no, this is what, what we talked about, or you need to just adapt to it. I get so many people in my chair that say they had a problem at the other place. They told them they didn't feel the glass are right. They told the, the staff told them at the other office, they just needed to adapt. They just never wore them and never came back and now they're in my office. I'm guaranteeing you some of my patients early on did the same thing. Now if anyone has any kind of issue, I'm better at explaining the situation to them than my staff. I know more than the patient. So come on in. Let's talk this out. Nine out of ten times, they don't need a change. They just want to hear what they're going through is normal. So embrace the fact that they're coming to you because they trust your opinion. They trust your knowledge and they just want you to put them at ease. All right. Don't take it as they think you did something wrong. They just want to be sure that what you did is right. And if there is an issue, you're going to fix it. So a lot of times I'll come in say everything I'm seeing is fine and normal. I want you to wear these for another week. I'll put you on the schedule a week from now. If you're still having issues, come in and we can get a little you know, I can make some changes that might help, but I really think you just need to adapt to them. And that helps most of the time. They thank me for taking the time to talk them through it. They feel bad having to come in. Now, again, you're going to have one or two patients that are just a headache and want to create trouble. That's fine, but you're better than that. And that's what you have to deal with to be the doctor you want to be, to have the office you want to have. So those are five things that are very actionable, you know, Get as much information as possible. It'll make you more efficient. It'll make you better. Learn how to use RAT. Again, make you more efficient. Give you a be- give a better exam for your patient. Trial frame. It's a wow factor. It may be a little annoying because you have such a bad memory of it from when you were in optometry school. But patients think it's a wow factor. Give it a try. Tell the patient that they don't need glasses and watch them want to buy more from you and then embrace RX checks. Those are the five things I think would help your office. They've helped mine. We'll talk to you more with some more optometry stuff that you can bring to your office next week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. I have some good stuff for you. So the first things we're going to talk about is 
private practice stuff, stuff I'm sure you guys are dealing with and just give you my perspective on it. So number one, my office manager had a personal thing come up, so she was out for half the week and my number two was out for the whole week she was sick and it looks like she's going to be out next week as well. This is one of the scenarios that I've kind of worried about. Like, what do I do if my two lead people are out? Do I have a business? Is everyone else that's relatively new, pretty much everyone's been there for a year or less, right? And how are they going to react to it? And you can approach times like this as like, oh crap, let's shut down the office, really down schedule and not put anyone in a position where they're going to fail. Or you can approach it head on and say, we have the right procedures in place. You've been trained the right way. You just have never had the opportunity to show you can do what my manager and lead staff member have done. And that's the mentality that we took. And it was awesome. Everyone that was there, they worked together. We have a great team environment. They felt for the people that were gone. And almost as a sense of, we're not going to let them down. They worked incredibly hard to pick up the slack. And I was so proud of them. It's awesome to see when the other two come back, I'm actually going to have like the lead staff member. She was the most uh, on the forefront of patient issues. So if someone came in and they were having an issue, she'd jump up and she'd take it right away. Well, seeing what my staff is capable of, sometimes if you have a really big flower, not all the other ones get the sun. So I'm going to tell her to take a step back. She can be involved in it, but I want her to let the other newer staff members take lead because that's going to develop them. It's going to make my staff better. And if people are out, we're still a highly tuned machine that can function at a high level. And I love that. So know that developing your staff and being in those situations is the only way they can grow. Sure, you're going to hit a road bump here or there. It's not going to be perfect, but without the opportunity to fail, they'll never be able to grow as much as they can. In addition, I had two scleral lens fits and it was awesome. I have so much fun with that. The patients, both of them to a T, uh, told me that scleral lenses have just changed their their life. They've been amazing for them and they don't know what they do without it. So one patient actually found us through a Facebook ad, not a patient of ours from about 30 minutes away and said, hey, we stumbled you on Facebook. The only alternative I had was going all the way to Ann Arbor from Grand Rapids. I'm glad you're in the area and that you can continue to care for me and my scleral lenses. So that's cool. That's a good way to build an office. And then number two, patient, minus 13, minus four in the right eye, minus nine, minus four in the left eye. I've been seeing him for a while. We've had a conversation about sclerals in the past and he was like, oh, I'll, I'll give it a try. It's time to make the jump because we've been doing using the IntelliWave Toric, the custom soft Toric lens from Art Optical. I like it for a lot of things, but he keeps having them rip and comfort isn't the greatest. He came in, we were doing the fitting, and we have, a, have them sign an ABN. And we let them know if the insurance doesn't cover it, this would be the fee. If they want to order right away, they can pay up front and then whatever insurance pays will reimburse them. Otherwise, they have to wait until insurance pays so we aren't sitting on a pair of lenses. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. I was told insurance was going to cover this. If it doesn't, there's no way I'm going to do it. No way I can afford it. And I stepped out and said, hey, man, yeah, insurance says they're going to cover it. We just do it this way to expedite the ordering process if you want or let you know what the cost is going to be if they were not to cover it. And he's like, all right, that's fine. And he was cool. Really not that uh, 
confrontational. He just was very adamant. If insurance wasn't paying it, then there was no way he was going to do it. Well, we got him in, we got him fit, and I was testing his vision, and he's like, whoa, he's seeing pretty good. And then we walked out and had him look outside, held over the uh, over a fraction, and he was like, that is amazing. I do not think I've ever saw as good as I am right now. And I, whenever I hear that, I love to hear that. I always bring my staff, I go, can you, can you say that again? Can I bring my staff and let them know? Because one, it's cool for them to share, and two, my staff sees this. And every time we fit a scleral lens, every person, every patient had that same response. So it's really cool to get them invested, get them excited. We're making a difference in people's lives. And he, he said to me, he's like, hey, dude, if insurance doesn't pay, I'm going to get these regardless. This is amazing. It's awesome vision. And it's only going to get better when we actually order my custom lenses, right? I said, absolutely. So very excited about sclerals. Just the patient response is amazing. Now, that being said, one of my friends, shout out to Dr. Haas. He's from Owasso. And when we were in school, we were not taught sclerals. I've worked really hard the past probably two years to learn, get better at it, and having a lot of success. Five successful fits in the last two months, two more on the way, and we're just growing our that part of my practice. And Dr. Haas wants to get in. So he's actually coming over. We're going to spend a Saturday, next Saturday, and we're just going to do a crash course of INR, solutions, procedures, how we bill it, everything. I want to give him a rundown of that. And this is what I'm talking about with the podcast. If I wasn't doing this podcast, if we weren't communicating and collaborating, he might not know how to get into sclerals and I wouldn't be learning it at the level that I am. I'm excited to have a friend of mine come over here and I can teach him something that can help his practice, help his patients. And Hopefully, as we grow and expand, we can do that for everyone out there listening. So if you want help on starting a practice, on adding a specialty, this is the forum that we're going to do it. So that's something that's really exciting on the docket. In addition, we added a new Facebook page. It's called uh, Specialty Lens Consultants. Find us on Facebook. This is how we're promoting our Specialty Lens Clinic. Hopefully with the right, Hopefully, with the right amount of growth, that this can be a satellite office that does its own thing, or it just might be something that a clinic within my own office. But check it out. We'll have videos about scleral INR, solutions, fitting. It's geared towards patients, but if you're interested in getting into the scleral game, it's great information for you. Touch base with me, and then we can all collaborate and be better for it. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is, in this whole theme of collaboration, the uh, Michigan College of Optometry. I've been in touch with their private practice club. I've always said I love to give back. I love to help people get to where I'm at. And if there's anything I can do to help them be a private practice owner, to stop corporate optometry or make them better doctors, I want to do. So they're actually going to come down. They're going to come down at 7 p.m. and we're going to give a tour of the office, a brief presentation. A big thing that they were adamant about is, can you please provide food? So I'm going to get some pizza. I'll get some kind of food for them. We'll talk optometry. They gave me a list of questions. These people are hungry for private practice. All the things that we're dealing with as owners, they have questions about. And going through the battles, we have answers for them. So I'm excited to give them firsthand knowledge. I'll let them know, obviously. I'm not an expert per se. This is just my experience. Take it for what you will. Make it your own and be better for it. But you and I both know when we're in school, 
any kind of feedback we could get, any kind of encouragement or insight was valuable, helpful, helped us get to where we're at now running our own offices. So love to give back. I'm excited for it. That's been a little office talk and tune in more. We'll have more for you next week. Where or where did all the time go? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And today I want to talk to you about the grind. And we're all in it, whether you're starting a practice cold, you work for someone, you're in a corporate job, we all have the grind. And you know what this is. This is your routine. When I say it, close your eyes and think about what it means to you. For me, Mondays, get up, get to the office by 7.30, and I don't get home until 7.30 at night. Usually happens the same thing on Tuesday, gets a little better, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I taper my schedule. When I started off, though, I didn't know how to shut that off. I'd grind, I'd grind, I'd grind. I'd work six days a week, I'd work Sundays the first year we were open, and I never stopped. And again, that's a sacrifice. You have to put in the time to get anything that you want. But there's going to come a point where the grind will wear on you. It's going to break you. It's going to kind of start to be cumbersome to the extent that you can't grow. And you know what's hard about that is you have to take a step back. You have to relax. You have to shut off. And that is actually more difficult than just grinding and doing the routine. Self-care is not being selfish. And I think that's something that we lose in this goal, this pursuit to build a business, to build an office, to have the life that we want. We think that we got to keep going, going, and going, and that's hard. And don't get me wrong, it is. But taking a step back, checking out for the weekend, putting the phone down, being present in the moment, and just taking in nature, taking a walk, taking your family, whatever you're doing, whatever means something to you outside the office, who you're working for, and being present with them or that. That's hard. Find a way to do that, and you're going to be better at the grind. So just some perspective for you, my friends. Don't get lost in the day-to-day. Know that there's more. Take a step back. Take care of yourself. That's what I got. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.